big fan of the South African team being in the European Cup. The trick is in the name. You can see that one part doesn't fit into the other. I do think they've brought a huge amount of style and some fantastic rugby to Subscribe it. to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Ball Daily. And you're welcome to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing okay around the country and the Premier League title race continues this weekend. Manchester City in action this evening. Leaders Arsenal play tomorrow. We'll bring you all the latest scores and discussion on Football Saturday between three and five. David Myler, Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward on the show this week. Plenty of GA action as well this weekend. Eamon McGee will talk Gaelic football at about half one. Sarah O'Donovan will join us after two to preview the Camogie League finals. Are you having a flutter on the entry Grand National? The former jockey Niall Slippers Madden who's won the race tells us what it's like to ride over those famous fences he'll try and also narrow down the contenders for you and that interview coming up at about 235 53106 the number for your text if you want to get in touch at a cost of 30 cents and share your opinions with us when it comes to sport or ask our guests any questions throughout the show you can also tweet us at off the ball and we'll start off the show as always with the news round Wexford's finest Aidan Delaney Aidan how are you I'm not too bad thanks John yourself yeah good good have you enjoyed the sporting week we had what Liverpool Arsenal um Man United during the week, Chelsea during the week, kind of mainly like football going around the roundabout. Yeah, it's a very football-focused week, I suppose, and I, I suppose as a Liverpool fan, I enjoyed the kind of second half of the Liverpool-Arsenal game a lot more than I enjoyed the first half, but I think it was it was important for Liverpool for, you know, obviously they don't have an awful lot to play for for the rest of the year, but uh, to see the likes of Firmino come on and get a goal, considering he's going to be waving goodbye at the end of the season, I thought Salah was better in that second half. I thought that was probably game of the weekend last weekend. Important for Arsenal as well, because if they lose that one, you know, we've been talking about the, the kind of mental strength of Arsenal I was chatting to Keith Tracy last week and we were talking about you know the fact that they don't really have that leader that they've been calling out for for the last couple of years and yet they haven't really need them needed somebody like a Sol Campbell like a, a Patrick Vieira this year every every player has kind of stepped up and you know Aaron Ramsdale was just the latest to step up that week um and then, you know, City, of course, you know, they won't be too disappointed to lose out in the league this year. I know that's kind of sacrilege to say, but they seem to be in pole position to take the, the Champions League this year as well. I know a lot of people will point to Real Madrid, but I still think that City probably have the just the, the tactical nous just to get past Madrid and they won't be afraid of them. They know that they have, you know, the superior players and, and players that can just grab goals out of anywhere. You know, somebody like Bernardo Silva just popping up to get that header midweek just shows you that City can score any time they want. Um, so I think... It's it's probably looking like Arsenal taking the league and City taking the Champions League, and I think both sets of fans will probably be happy with that. Yeah, and also our thoughts are with everybody affected with the Hillsborough disaster and Liverpool Football Club. The tragedy occurred 34 years today, the anniversary today. 97 people lost their lives, unlawfully killed, and never forgotten. So the news round, rugby to start off, Aidan. Yeah, so Ireland bid for a first win in the Women's Six Nations this year as they take on Italy this afternoon from a quarter to five. Graham McWilliams' side in Parma for that game. Ireland are battling to avoid the wooden spoon after hammerings in their first two games from Wales and France. They're also looking to focus on matters on the field this weekend following that explosive expose in the Telegraph which highlighted a lack of care and attention that's being given to the game here in Ireland. But centre Aoife Dalton says they're going to take lessons from the France game into today's match with an improving Italian side. Yeah, I think we we kind of said it under the post after they scored their first two tries that like our systems were right. We just it was just individual errors that like our fold was slow and like that had a knock on effect. Then we were down numbers and like a kick in behind and we were just caught. So I think our intentions are right and once we nail our systems and I suppose that everyone is aware of the role they have to play, we'll be fine. But 
it's just executing that really. And in terms of Italy this weekend, what can you tell us about them? Because it's been it's kind of been tough to get a read mm. on them. Where in that France game they were yeah. very very good and really frustrated France, and then probably let themselves down a bit against England. So yeah, you're kind of we're we're a bit unsure what we're going to get from. Yeah, definitely, and like like they're obviously a good side. They were at a World Cup in November, um, but I think going into this week we just really have to focus on what we can control um like we're you know we're not under any illusions like Italy are a good side and it's going to take a lot to go over there and beat them at their home pitch so I think we're just going to focus on ourselves for this week have you highlighted any areas where you can get at it yet uh not like we've kind of just looked at areas we can target as like from a back's perspective this morning in our units meeting like I think we're just sharpening up on our own moves and just it's just little details we need to get right I think just to try kind of poke holes at their defence um, Can't yeah. give away too much too can we no. now <laughs> uh, Cameron Hill as well is with us for the news round too so Wales playing England and Cardiff in the first game today in the women's Six Nations at 2.15 just win the game I think also uh, we, uh, there's no guarantees now after the first couple of rounds that we're going to beat Italy today no, no, I wouldn't be all that confident that we will. Um, Anna Capeless was on AM yesterday and she said that Italy will be afraid of Ireland, um, which is a nice thing to think, but uh, I don't think that's the case. Italy um, played the same France team we did two weeks ago and they came within 10 points of beating them, whereas it was 53-3 to France when we had them here at Musgrave Park. So I'd be very, very... Um, cautious about saying that we might get a result today I think Italy are in fine fettle and um, <clears throat> I was I think like the, the that cloud of that report and Telegraph Sport it was it's hanging over this game and uh, Grant Williams came out quite strongly against it he did he did um, I was I was personally a bit disappointed by his comments um, I think you know saying that there isn't sexism in um, Irish rugby was probably a misstep because I don't know that comment at that uh, IRFU function would uh, dictate otherwise if it's true um, I think we have to keep talking about it because it there is a temptation right now in Irish rugby to be overly Panglossian and say that we are in the best of all rugby world right now with the men's senior team getting the Grand Slam the under 20s men's getting back-to-back Grand Slams and um, I'm reliably informed by Brian O'Driscoll that the next crop coming behind them are even better. Um, Leinster obviously continuing that European final push. It's very easy to assume that everything's all rosy with Irish rugby but the situation of Irish women's rugby especially with the 15s team has been the massive blotch on the copybook of Irish rugby for quite some time and I just think, you know, you, we were talking earlier and you compared it to the situation with the women's football team and they've come out the other side of it now and are going to their first World Cup and that's brilliant and it's a good analogy. I don't, I personally don't think we're, we've had hit the nadir for Irish women's I think we did hit, I think we have hit the nadir. You think so? Like not qualifying for the World Cup was the nadir and also the bigger nadir was over 60 players writing to the government yeah. to complain uh, Absolutely. over the heads of the RFU. Now I do think the RFU are making steps to uh, improve the situation but I do think it's a legacy of 10 years we won the Grand Slam 10 years ago mm-hmm. we beat New Zealand to the World Cup in 2014 it's a legacy of 10 years of underinvestment in the game here uh, where you see England and France going professional and now we're just gonna, how long is, is it going to take us to catch up I think we're in the process of trying to do that uh, when we've already reached the Nadir but I think what you're seeing in the Six Nations this year is the legacy of 10 years 
I I would agree to a certain extent. I still think I I would be very concerned about the women's game, the 15s game in Ireland at the moment. Between this focus on sevens rugby, which obviously is their prerogative and is fine and will pay dividends, I think it will boost the profile of the women's Olympics. rugby, the Olympics, if we qualify for the Olympics sevens, and that's the push right now. And it's obviously very prestigious to play at the Olympics and to have a team qualify for that. It doesn't need to be the pool though of players of the quality to have two teams. I think so, but I think if we're focusing on sevens, which seems to be the RFU's big priority with women's game, is the sevens because obviously the prestige of the Olympics, as I say, and I wouldn't be surprised if the RFU have thought about maybe hosting a World Seven Series event in Ireland at some point. I, I'd be surprised if that wasn't on their radar. I think the problem is if that's your stance on developing players and that's how you're going to base your player development options in the women's game. Sevens players are mainly outside backs. Like they're they're wingers really. They have to have the speed and stamina and ball control and defensive um, acumen as well. But we're already seeing this year, we don't have enough forwards, not enough quality forwards. It's why the Fiji men's 15s have never pushed on is because their forwards don't have the nous at scrum or line out to be an all round brilliant side and we can already see we got obliterated by Wales in the opening round of this Six Nations absolutely destroyed we don't have the quality forwards that we need to compete at the women's game and if we're focusing on developing players for the seventh side that's not going to change so I would be very concerned about the state of 15s rugby for women's going forward unless something really changes you were talking about Leinster there. There's some breaking news around Leinster. Yeah, there actually is. Uh, they're just in, in action today. And very interesting that this news has come in today because Leinster played the Lions in South Africa from three o'clock in the URC. Uh, just some of the other games there. We have Munster away to the Stormers from a quarter past five and Connacht play their final home game of the season against Cardiff at 25 to eight in Galway. But Leinster can confirm this afternoon that current South Africa head coach Jax Nienaber will join the club after the Rugby World Cup later this year. Nienaber will replace current senior coach Stuart Lancaster, who is, of course, leaving Leinster at the end of the season to join Racing 92 and speaking to uh, their website Leo Cullen says they're delighted to confirm that Nina Burr will be joining Leinster at the end of the season he's a world class coach with a winning track record at the very highest level of the game and we're all looking forward to learning from him over the coming season so there was going to be that bit of a, a leadership um, vacuum I suppose when Stuart Lancaster who has been so um, so tactically brilliant for Leinster in kind of transforming them into this winning machine that we've seen and to, to go out and get somebody who is probably one of the very best in the world somebody who has won a World Cup I think that's brilliant for Leinster You'll have to wait and see I think like the first thing is Leinster need to win this Champions Cup this year Hanukkah Champions Cup they've got to win it they've had the inside straight of matches in Dublin because they're a very good team and they've been beaten all the sides so they've got to beat Toulouse they've got to beat La Rochelle if it is La Rochelle in that final I think if they do that that'll really cement Lancaster's legacy as a twice winning uh, Champions Cup senior coach under Leo Cullen and then we'll see what happens but Absolutely that is some get for Leinster by the way Nina Barr would be an excellent addition <laughs> really really good like for like replacement for Lancaster I know Scott Robertson was also in the frame there he's, he's obviously at the All Blacks now, now. Um, I think Toulouse are going to be a much bigger prospect than people are saying though I think last year was a misnomer and they looked in fine fettle last weekend yeah I think people are sleeping on them a little bit I think next in two weeks time in the Aviva Leinster Toulouse is going to be a cracking game but it's no, by no means a a guaranteed we have win. commentary of that game here on Off the Ball and News Talk. I was at it last year. I was hosting, and uh, Leinster blew them away in the first half hour. I can't see that happening again because I don't think. To, I think from a pride perspective, I don't think to lose. You know, are just going to lie down and take it like they did last year. So.
Football news, uh, obviously, as I said at the very top of the show, Villa 1-0 up against Newcastle. Aiden, uh, Jacob Ramsey with the goal. Unai Emery is the man. Uh, he really is the man. Like the, if, if they win this game, I'm just looking at the table here, they will be within six points of the Champions League spots. It's kind of interesting. It seems like nobody really wants those kind of Champions League spots at the minute. United have been faltering a little bit. We saw all these injuries now as well. Martinez exactly, out for yeah. the season. And, you know, Tottenham have been the basket case that Tottenham are. They could still sneak their way into the, the top four. Um, you know, Newcastle struggling again today. You know, Brighton still have those games in hand. They could still make a charge for, for Champions League football as well. So it's quite interesting to see. But myself and Cameron were just talking off air there just how, you know, Unai Emery came into Aston Villa and everybody kind of shrugged their shoulders and went, well, he might keep them up or he might, you know, do something, you know, kind of keep them in mid-table. There wasn't really going to be this European charge. We didn't certainly expect it when he took over from Stephen Gerrard, but I think he's just instilled a bit of confidence in this team and he is actually a better coach than a lot of people. Yeah, he is a better coach than a lot of people will give him credit for. You know, he's a man who has won multiple European titles with Sevilla and kind of didn't get a a fair crack of the whip with with Arsenal. Villarreal as well. Uh, Villarreal as well, yeah. So he's certainly a great coach and when you have somebody on the form of Ollie Watkins and Ollie Watkins he hasn't scored uh, yet today but he's been absolutely a thorn in you know a really good Newcastle defence he's been a thorn in their side so far he's been you know kind of butchering <laughs> uh, Kieran Trippier so yeah. far and, and really just you know buzzing around and you know created that goal you know probably was fouled in, in the build up as well but managed to create that goal for Ramsey and you know they deserve it and I think Watkins probably you know should be on the radar of the likes of Chelsea now Chelsea, if I was his agent, I wouldn't be advising him to go there. Um, uh, we had, um, what we got like football-wise, and where do you want to start the football roundup? Uh, let's just quickly round up last night's action in the League of Ireland. St. Pat's came from behind to secure a 3-2 win over leaders Bohemians in the Premier Division last night. The hosts played all of the second half with 10 men after the dismissal of Jordan Flores shortly before the break. Elsewhere, Shamrock Rovers came from 2-0 down to secure a 2-all draw with Shelburne in Talla. Bottom side UCD picked up their first win with a 1-0 defeat of Cork City and Kieran Bean's side uh, effort was the difference between the sides. Tonight, Sligo Rovers host Drogheda United from a quarter to eight. There's one game in the first division this evening as well. That's Longford Town playing host to Wexford FC. Kickoff at Bishopsgate is at half seven. What else do we have? There's a full round of games down for decision in the Women's National League this well as well this afternoon. Uh, Shelburne can go back at the top of the table with a win over Treaty United. That's the early game at two o'clock. After that, Sligo Rovers go to DLR Waves at four. There's a massive clash at five with Cork City facing leaders at Mount, while at the same time Galway play host to Shamrock Rovers. The final game of the evening sees Wexford Utes clashing with Athlone from 7.35. So David Myler, Shane Keegan, Johnny Ward on Football Saturday, three to five out of all the Premier League updates and challenges. Championship scores you and scores from Scotland and the Women's National League. Yeah, seven games to look forward to in the Premier League this afternoon. It's Aston Villa, as we mentioned. They're just coming up to half-time. I think the whistle has just gone. Uh, it's Aston Villa still leading 1-0. Frank Lampard looking for his first win in his second stint at Chelsea. They host Brighton at 3 o'clock. At the same time, struggling Everson need a positive result at home to out-of-form Fulham. Crystal Palace can make it 3-3 three from three under Roy Hodgson when they travel to bottom side Southampton. Tottenham take on Bournemouth and Wolves welcome Brentford to Molyneux. The evening game sees Manchester City host Leicester from half past five Dean Smith in there for his first game as Leicester boss City's 3-0 win over Bayern Munich in the Champions League means a treble is still on for Pep Guardiola's side and the Spaniard says he's not wasting any time imagining what trophies are on offer he's only focusing on the next game Yeah of course it's much better but you have to win the game so yeah it's good because they now hand but they have a lot of games uh, to play for both sides I would say Darcy and ourselves are difficult ones 
difficult, difficult ones. They have more time for the fact that they can prepare one game a week. But at the same time, for our experience in the previous seasons, and if we don't have much injuries, so play every three, four days and maintain us to be, you know, ready mentally. The people have no distractions. Uh, and uh, But there is a moment that to have a rest always important. We don't have it because uh, we are fighting for all competitions. Is it too early then to talk about the possibility of the treble? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> That's happened when you play. The treble starts to play when you are in the three finals. You are in there uh, one or two weeks after you can talk about that when they start in eight you are just in quarterfinals and no reaching not even final fair gap it's, it's okay for the for the writers the reality is completely different Pep Guardiola there we will be hosting a live UEFA Champions League roadshow in partnership with Just Eat it's coming your way on the 3rd of May in the Mansion House in Dublin we're joined by some great guests including UEFA Champions League winners John O'Shea and Wes Brown and Arsenal legend Paul Merson there should be some great stories in the night as our guests reminisce about their careers and look ahead to the latter stages of the competition this is an exclusive off-air event tickets are limited so don't delay go to www.ticketmaster.ie forward slash off the ball see you on the night all with thanks to Just Eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League Yes, yeah, so uh, I know it's your favourite topic but the Manchester United story uh, goes on American Giants Carlisle now in talks about making a major investment in the club the Glazer family are considering offers for full ownership from Qatari banker Sheikh Jassim In uh, we have Ineos founder Sir Jim Ratcliffe and the Finnish entrepreneur Thomas Ziliakis but Carlisle are among the parties pitching proposals for a minority stake instead its owned companies like the RAC and taxi service Addison Lee in the UK Move on swiftly to the J Championship. The Ulster Senior Football Champions at Derry begin the defence of their crown in Enniskillen this evening. They travel to take on Fermanagh in the quarterfinals. A throw-in there is at five o'clock. There are three games down for decision in round one of the Christie Ring. They're underway in the game between Sligo and London. Tyrone are taking on Derry at one forty-five, and 15 minutes later it's Mayo against Meath. There are three two o'clock starts in the Nicky record. That's Wicklow coming up against Louth, Roscommon hosting Armagh and Fermanagh travelling to Donegal and they're just underway in in the game between Warwickshire and Cavan in the Lorry Mar and Monaghan will take on Leitrim at 2 o'clock in that competition. Cameron, you're from Mayo so you were, must be delighted to see Joe Biden uh, say Mayo for Sam last night. I was. I was even more delighted to see our own Willow Callahan's TikTok. Uh, he played... So Biden comes out to shipping up to Boston to the Ballinac crowd last the night. The Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. That one. And... Um, Willow Callahan redubbed it with the Ali Pali Chase the Sun Planet Funk. <laughs> with the darts theme. The darts yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> which I really, really enjoyed. I was like, I wonder what. Has it gone viral? Uh, yes. Oh, it's gone very viral. It's uh, an incredible clip. I was trying to think of what Joe Biden's darts nickname would be, but I haven't come up with anything good yet. Smoking Joe Biden? Smoking Joe. I think I like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that it's it's brilliant to see all the American politicos trying to kind of get the Mayo for Sam slogan and try to understand it they seem especially with New York still in the championship well that's it the comic championship and Aidan was saying that um, the British media have latched onto it and said that it might be anti-British sentiment in the Mayo for Sam clip which technically is true no they haven't no surely they haven't done that well well, Mayo for Sam means not London for Sam John so (laughs) you know maybe there's some truth in that but yeah there you go there's always one London well London I mean the Talton Cup so um, yeah I don't know uh (laughs) 
like he, he really hit the bingo, didn't he? It was brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff, and it's obviously a good few days. Uh, so we have also women's football league action in Gaelic games. Yeah, it's uh, league final day for yeah. Division One and Division Two in the Little Ladies National Football Leagues. First up, it's Armagh and Leash in the second tier decider that throws in at three o'clock at Croke Park, and it's followed by the meeting of Kerry and Galway in the Division One final at five o'clock. Doon diddle diddle doon diddle doon. Snooker is back for the worlds. <laughs> I'm not a massive snooker fan, I have to say, so I'll have to defer to, to Cameron on this. I like watching the snooker, all right. Um, it's the first sport I ever watched. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jimmy White, Steve Davis, 1984, World Snooker Final was the first sporting event I ever remember. Brilliant. Uh, I was five. I had this debate with my friends around COVID time of when they were pumping in the crowd noise during the Premier League. Could they like play different crowd noise? And I thought like the Crucible. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, and the polite applause at a goal would be like very very funny <laughs> I'd certainly watch it then actually yeah Ronnie O'Sullivan yeah. going for an 8th title he is and they're into the ninth frame himself and Jang Pang Juang uh, Pan uh, they're 60 Ronnie is 6-2 up as we speak there it's best of 19 frames uh, so Ronnie rel- well on the way to the next round uh, we also have uh, Stuart Bingham and David Gilbert in action at the minute Bingham has taken control there as they go for a break and it's Bingham who leads by six frames to three so Mark Allen representing Irish interest to the Crucible I'd love to go I've never been very intimate uh, venue I was at Goffs for, uh, in the late 90s to see snooker it's always worth it folks trying to get to see live snooker um, it's a fascinating thing to go and see and just the silence and the respect that people have for obviously what the, the play and then just the quality of the play um Gymnastics news? Yeah, uh, good news for Rhys McLennigan. He's claimed another European gold, this time in the Pommel Horse event at the 2023 European Artistic Gymnastics Competition in Antalya in Turkey. The current world champion now has two Europeans to his name after coming out on top in Glasgow in 2018. He topped qualifying and was first out with a score of 14.36. That was 0.3 off his qualifying score, meaning he faced a nervous wait to see if anyone could better him, but they couldn't do it. He delivered a fine routine with a minor leg separation moments before his dismount knocking his score back what's going on in the golfing world Shane Lowry back out for his third round at the RBC Heritage in the next hour or so the Offaly man is three under par after a second round of 69 last night that leaves him in a tie for 46th place as we stand he's nine shots off the lead that's currently being held by American Jimmy Walker in South Carolina Seamus Power didn't make the weekend Stephanie Meadow also in action this week. She goes out for her final round of the Lotte Championship in Hawaii this evening. A third round 72 has left her one over par and she goes out on course again just after half past seven Irish time. Eugene Sun of South Korea has the lead in Honolulu by one stroke. She's nine under par. We've got Slippers Madden who won the Grand National on number six Valverde 17 years ago talking about the famous race at 235 on today's show. It is the big one. Yeah, Delta, look, Delta Work looks set to go off the favours for the Aintree Grand National. Meath trainer Gordon Elliott saddles the 10-year-old and he's looking for a fourth win in the famous race. Fellow Elliott Mount Galvin pushed Delta Work all the way in the cross-country at Cheltenham and speaking to friend of the show Johnny Ward on Racing TV, Gordon says that both horses will have to do well today. The two of them are classy horses, mm. probably arguably classier horses mm. than Tiger all over fences. Um, Two very classy horses, two grade one horses. Um, if the ground is on the easier side, it'll really suit Delta, and if it's on the better side, it'll suit Galvin. And you know, if the ground come up softer, I, I, I'd be going with, with Delta, and if it was it was better, I'd be going with Galvin. If the ground had been quicker, would it have been closer at Cheltenham? It would have been closer, 
But we knew going into Cheltenham that there's a lot of improvement in Galvin, so he's come out with the race very well and he's in great form, we're very happy with him. Just the race last year with Noble Yates winning, has it changed that a novice could go there and do you need a horse maybe that kind of has a little in hand or like the fences have obviously changed over the years? I think it's probably looking like a class year horse is winning mm. every year now, you know. And you know, when you look at all the reruns of years ago, you know, the best horse didn't always win, it was the horse that stayed best and, and you know, maybe got a clear round and got a look and running where the class year horses are probably getting a little bit closer now, but this is still a great race and great to have a few runners in it. You're just saying there you'd like as well Davy, you wouldn't like Davy Swanson to be Cheltenham I suppose. Davey no, Davy Russell has been a big part of colour interest since I started training. He's a world class jockey. Um, you know, obviously he he done the right thing, he didn't feel he was right in Cheltenham on the day and that's the man he is, he stood himself down. But I wouldn't like to see him going on that, I'd like to see one more hurrah with Davy and I think he owes it to we owe it to him and he owes it to the sport. He got a nice tune out of Galvin as well for much of the race in Cheltenham. He did, yeah. Yeah. He just got bet by a better horse yeah. on the ground, which is a fitter horse for me as well. What's Angie like if you haven't been there? It's more relaxed than Cheltenham. He's for me, more relaxed, yeah. Cheltenham yeah. Is, is pressure. Angie's more relaxed and you know, if you get a winner, it's great. If you win the Grand National, it's unbelievable. It's life-changing. If you fall at the first, it's supposed to happen at the Grand National. So mm. that's the type of place it is. So best luck to everybody involved. 27 Irish runners in the Grand National at Aintree out of the 40. That's a record. The feature going to post at a quarter past five. Today's card is underway from a quarter to two. Going to get your selections in a moment for the Grand National. Aidan and Cameron, just let you know, folks, as well. If you're binge on sports this weekend, to pick out your best performance of the weekend, whether it's a player, manager, even the ref, tune into ODB's Instagram page tomorrow evening and Sunday. Leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post. If your selection matches our top big live on Monday's OTBAM, you're with a chance then of winning a Gillette Labs exfoliating razor, skin guard, shaving gel, and a refill blades pack. That is Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. Cameron, you told me off air you didn't have one, but I picked out one for you. Okay. As your name is Cameron Hill, the horse is called Hill 16. Uh, it's an 80 go. to 1 shot so look uh, look I've always been called a dark horse in my time in any uh, capacity so I'll take that and Aidan Delaney you picked that one yeah ain't that a shame I think with Rachel Blackmore on board it's it's very hard to back against Rachel so I think that she's you know obviously been around there before knows how to win it ain't that a shame you know got that massive boost of uh, of people backing her there on Friday so I think that's probably my pick but uh, I do have to represent the, the Wexford crowd as well and I do think that Vanillier with Sean Flanagan on board I think that might be an outside chance well on News Talk Breakfast this week I pulled up Vanillier as my tip so we're, we're in unison there uh, Aidan so I'm just looking through the odds here Vanillier you can guess at mm, 20 to 1 and uh, ain't that a shame at the moment is 10 to 1 shot so look whatever you're doing folks have a euro each way bet responsibly if you're going to have a bet in the national but uh, we're going to look ahead with Slippers Madden at about 2.35 thanks so much lads thank you thank you